months. So your wife will remind you about this once in a while, about the inconsistencies. <laughs> getting more uh, <laughs> that the inconsistencies between what we believe and what we do and Chassidus addresses this very very directly so we felt and I feel that's why I'm here that to talk about this openly a lot of things are often kept under the carpet they don't always say now, I'm not necessarily talking about the, dark, the darkest and dirtiest secrets that every person carries in his uh, Nefesh Shabbamas. There's also room for that. But even on a more able or a more subtle level, this is something, you know, when you learn Gemara, you learn Shulchan Aruch, it doesn't always demand. That's why the Ramban says in the beginning of Pasha Kedeshim, there's a thing called, yes, why Kedeshim to you? There's already so many psukim that tell you to be Kaddish. But another Pasuk, so the Ramban says, Remember, the Ramban is a thousand years ago. Even then, he says there's a thing called a novel, but it's just a manu. How do you try to say a manu? I mean, I could use a more able way. There's probably more grammar ways to say it. Manu is a low life, despicable, obnoxious. But it's just a satayda. And you're not going to find a shulchanorach or, or an alocha or a gemara or anywhere. You can't, what does it say? To be a mensch. There's a mitzvah that says be a mensch. What does it say? Yeah, there are psukim you can derive it from. But there are a lot of things you can do that al you're not going to find an isis, but it's still a maneuver. Loopholes, justification, because we know human behavior, we can justify anything. There are things that are clear out, you're not allowed to do. But a novel resuscitated is even worse than an isis, because there at least you know who you're dealing with. I'm not suggesting anyone in this holy kale is a maneuver resuscitated, just to get to make it clear. I, didn't, I would not say this is my first uh, talk to you, soldier. But maybe later, but when you get more to know it, the Chadushon, no, that's just a joke. My point is that you could see there's this dissonance. And this is maybe one of the most important things that Chassidus came to tackle. Not just give us our idea and premise at and understand the alien self infinite symptom, and Agnes Hashem, and the illness, and Agnes Hashem, Yudas Hashem, but Toshit, how do you integrate and internalize Amuna to be premise, that it should be who you are? Now, come on, we're not expecting perfection. The whole time is based not on perfection, but at least striving for it. I remember the devil once said in the Fabrengen that everybody has chesreins. Let's just think. There's no such thing as a person that didn't have any chesreins. But the Rebbe said that the only thing is don't make a philosophy out of your chesreins. That's where the problems begin. When you start making it, oh, you know, everyone does it. Or it's, a, it's some type of like, uh, you try to justify it. You know you have a chazan fight, so now you work on it. So I want to share with you a few things in this regard. It's more like an introductory, and I hope we can uh, bond and connect. And uh, I don't see this as a problem. I'm not like being tested here to be the rabbi, the called mashpia of the family. I said I would, I would uh, do my best, and let's see where we go with this. Tov Shalom I remember the Fabregen very vividly. How many years ago are we talking now? Um, a few. Huh? A few. Anybody knows how to count? Yeah. 44. I'm counting your fingers. <laughs> 44 years ago. It does kiss it. And it was a very powerful Fabrengen. That's the Fabrengen when the Rebbe actually came out and uh, said he's going to publish Ayn Bays. There was a lot of historical events happened that Fabrengen. There's a Sikha then that I never forget. It's all before any of you were even born, right? And even all of the Machshavah, the Ak, 
Um, so I remember it was played the sicha right before the IMB sicha. The Rebbe said, started the sicha very interestingly. It's a recording. It's Chof Kislev. I think it was a Sunday night. It was Kislev or Shabbos. I think it was Chof Kislev. And the Rebbe said, "Sidach Rosh Hashanah Chsidus Vitas Kislev, Daf Mesof Chol Sof Epistam Chsidus." Interesting expression. You all understand what that means, right? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> is, is it what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, some places like the lights go down, you know, and they put the lights up in the restaurant. It's time to leave, basically. Go down. So the Rebbe said that. So far, so far, Literally, the Rebbe said that since it's Yutas Kislev, they have to at the end of the day we have to do something for Kislev. I remember when I heard it, I said, interesting expression. Like what the Rebbe until then didn't do anything for Kislev. The whole family was going on. But it was, I, I, you know, you could tell that that was going to be Magal or something. And the Rebbe did. He said that it's time to be Machadish Anu, something that the Rebbe, all the Rebbe established. The Rebbe Mishma Seydin, the Rebbe Rashab renewed. And, uh, but Me'ez Asiba, because of the Muhammad, the bullbulling, remember the Rebbe Rashab was uh, right, the, the, the World War One. The Rebbe Rashad was nostalgic in Tafesh Pei 101 years ago. And that is, the Rebbe said, the Indian from Ashpil. The Indian from Ashpil. So, you know, everybody knows the word Mashpia. But I can tell you, if you ask around, not many people know about that Sikhi, Vitas Kislev. And if you listen, read, read or listen to that Sikhi, you'll see tremendous insights that the Rebbe almost like foresaw the need for this. I know we all heard Mashpia, Mashpia. It didn't really take off, even though they never spoke about it by Rikhas then. And I'm going to share a few words that I want to really make drive a certain point home. The Rebbe not only Yutas Kislev, on Yut Shvat, on Yutas Kislev, then he continued. Reshchei Shvat, Yut Shvat, Tu Shvat. So this was like a, a, a little launch that came into it. Mashpiyim, then he spoke about Mashpiyas, and by Rikhas Dele, not like five minutes. He spoke uh, hours about it. Spoke even what the meaning of a mashpi is. It didn't really take off yet. Yeah, you know, they had the prerequisite meeting in 770, a committee, and then there were people who appointed themselves as mashpi over everybody. Nobody was macabre them, you know. Um, there were always there were certain candidates that always uh, nominated themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't work out. Not only that, the Rebbe even printed then, Kuntus Abbas's throw came out that summer, on Zion, and the Rebbe printed a special Kuntus for mashpiim. I don't know if you ever heard this parsha. Didn't really catch. But if you listen to the sikha, and I'll point out a few points I want to make, it's like you see, it wasn't like a, a tagzeve, some hatakone. It was really a very sensible and logical. And like you saw the chsidis, as it ever says, self soft, on that The truth is, I always thought that the Dvarim Tavshin Membov, which would be nine years later, the Rebbe started Asel Chorav, which is more popular today, more familiar. It was almost the same ACS. He just didn't use Asel Kharab, he used Mashpia. Maybe the Rebbe repackaged it, maybe he thought this way, Mishnah and Pekayovas, people, I don't know. Maybe there's a difference between Arab and Mashpia. I'm not going to get into all the diukim here. But the Rebbe said the following with the Sikh and the Mashpia Sikh, in Utaskis of Stari. He said that the Holy Sod of Tanya, if you look at the Abdom of Tanya, what does Alta Rebbe say? That Tanya was not a safer written like a regular safer a Chibur. It was a safer of the Kutte Aces. Maybe you found the, the Dabin. Uh, 
Rabbi Spielman. Yes. Remind me a little more about Hashari. The Lachash. I'm still being sorry. No, it's like Enid Movadi. You're like oblivious that there's a room in, but I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm just I apologize. Nervous. I'm sorry. Um, so the Rebbe said, the whole Tanya, you look at the Hagdom at the Tanya, what does the Alta say? It starts with the whole Esnazis. That the truth is, it's much easier and better to speak to people in person. Because they can talk to you about their issues. But, on the other hand, when you write in a Sefer, because the whole first half of the Hagdom is all about the Chesorin of writing in a Sefer. You know, you read it, it's almost like a rock. Because then you write a whole sefer. The Alter Rebbe writes all the chesemis of a book, that it's a sefer, it's not for everybody, and so on. But then he says that the Yedei Nakile Kamina, since we're talking about people that recognize me and we've spoken to each other personally, so now I can put it in a sefer since there's no time to meet everybody. So I put all the etzes, Nabedus Hashem, on paper, in a book, so everybody can access it. And then he adds, he says, and he says clearly, call in Hashem. And then the Alter Rebbe adds, and if a person cannot find an answer in this Sefer, he says, I suggest they should go to the Gedele Ha'ir and speak to them and hear what they have to say. And the Gedele Ha'ir should not be Menei Bar, they should offer themselves, and the Mere Mishneim Abaya, and everyone will be blessed. That's the Hagdome, the Kisser. You've all read it, everybody's learned it. It's a very interesting Agdom. So the whole Sefer Tanya really is a collection of personal Yechidahs, basically. And he's saying clearly, I'm not writing a Sefer in the abstract with Tzufitah summits relating to your lives. Now, everybody who's known that Agdom over the years said, okay, Yehideh Makirai, with the people out that ever knew that. It says, B'medina Selu Vesmuchis Meaning back in Russia, and this, but what about everybody afterwards? <coughs> After the Stalpus of Alter Rebbe, we're learning Tanya now. Last generation, Alter Rebbe never met us. We don't know the Alter Rebbe; he doesn't know us. So how do how, how do we apply Tanya the same way? If Tanya, the whole basis is because he knows us. So Chassidim always knows <coughs> two things. Number one, every Rebbe is like the Alter Rebbe. So every generation has its Rebbe. So they're just a continuation of the Alter Rebbe. And secondly, that the Alter Rebbe, his uh, <coughs> Profound wisdom was able to anticipate every challenge that we would have in Avedis Hashem. So the male Tanya is Nitzchi, not just for the challenges then, but also even today. Like someone asked me the other day a question. He said, "So you're telling me if I'm struggling and I don't want to say with online addiction, there's an answer in Tanya? The Alter Rebbe didn't even have online. How could he have talked about it?" He said, "Yeah, but he's a Rebbe, and it's a Inim Shabbenefesh. We're not talking about what the addiction is. We're talking about." The, 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 the advice how to deal with the challenges you have inside you, not the symptoms, the cause. So when you think of it that way, and I go back to Yitzhak Kislev, so what did the Rebbe say? That basically the concept of Mashpi, the Alter Rebbe established. He didn't call them Mashpim. He called them Bedele Shabi, Gleam Shabi'ir. Which I'll give you my Yeshleim of Bedele Chepsha, why he would write such a term in a moment. But that basically the Alter Rebbe established it. That since you won't, and of course many people can't find a direct answer in Tanya. Tell me the last time you listened to the Tanya and found the Eitzah in your challenges. Or do you have a mashpia that can give you an Eitzah? No, most people see Tanya as very hidden Tanya Kadisha. But I don't know how many people can say, I look in Tanya, I find the Eitzah to uh, how to deal with my own tigers. Or I deal with uh, Kas. Or deal with Kim. Even though the Alta never talks about it. The reason is very straightforward, what I said before, because even Chassidus was taught to us with dissonance, even Tanya. 
I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but when I started Tzidah Supply seven years ago, I, I, I kid you not, I heard from Mashpim. Mashpim in Yeshiva. I'm not saying any names. A Mashpim that told me, you think you're going to make Tanya relevant? That's what they told me. So I said, what is, what's Tanya supposed to be not relevant? He said, it's out of the year that helped by them. So I said, so why do you learn? Why do we learn Tanya? He says, you know, gives us a sinus kayach. He says, so all the eights is the Altarebbe said, he says, we're not the daughter of the Altarebbe. So I told him, with all due respect, you shouldn't be a mashpi, you should become, you should sell shoes. What do you mean a mashpi? You don't even believe in your product. You know, the product, Tanya Shekerish of Zalatin, is not, does not, is not relevant. Anyway, I'm not here to criticize anyone, but it's a reflective of a lot of what we picked up, which was these things of lofty ideas, a bainani, someone's going to be a bainani. Okay, we have the Alter Rebbe's Taich, what that means, but who's even aspiring to that? A complete control of your Machshav Adibur Amaiseh? You know, it's, it's almost dismissed, it's almost like a joke. I remember when someone of when we were in Maristan, said to the Mashpiyah by Fabrenin that he's working on his Machshav Adibur Amaiseh, you know, that not to be ever initial in any way. So the Mashpiyah started laughing at him. I'm that you know, he dismissed him like an I'm that you know. Now, great, the Bacha was naive, maybe, and uh, he was innocent, but you don't laugh at someone that says in time, it's fine, you find a way. So, going back to the Sikh and Yutes Kislev, the Rebbe said this was a sort of book, Alta Rebbe made it. You can't just learn time, you need someone to talk to. I always wondered why did he write Gedalim Shabir? What's Gedalim Shabir? It's an interesting uh, title. Say Rabbonim, Mashpim, Rosh Shiva. You don't see Gedalim Shabir very often. In my own Yeshlim Vedera Hefsha, feel free to, to, to reject it, but it's a mighty swag. Altareb, of course, is a daikin in every word, and Gedalim has a gather in Allah. What's a gather of a, a god? Not the god who thinks he's a god of Yisrael, you know? A gather of a god, I'll be telling you, someone who's mature. You become a god of Bar Mitzvah, that starts making the godless. Not right away at Bar Mitzvah, you could say someone's a god, but it's the beginning. And then at age 20 or whatever the age is, as a person, a mature person, and I'll use in my own language, I would say someone who's emotionally intelligent, someone who's emotionally sophisticated and mature, not a, a god who can be brilliant in his mind, but a immature little kid, a god, a god of the midas, the das, because if you want to apply tanya to life, you need a god. You don't need someone who's a brilliant masculine. You need someone who's a avid. You need someone who's is got it, someone who has an understanding of what we call today emotional intelligence. That doesn't just understand ideas, but knows how to relate to people. You know, I'm sure you've met people who have a lot of brilliant up there. They don't have common sense. They don't know how to speak to somebody. You know, they come there. Sometimes we all know there's a fifth shulchanada, there's common sense. I remember once in the Sikhid that I ever brought from the Rambam, what are the Tanoim to be Sanhedrin? So the Rambam writes, I don't remember the exact, detail, the exact language, but the order is first a chachim and then a yudeya tater. So the Rebbe said, what the order should be forget. First you know tater, then you become, then a chachim. The Rebbe said, if you don't have chachim shachayim, if you don't understand how to apply tater, the Rebbe gave examples. Sometimes you have to not always say everything. This chachim is much more than just ideas. You know, you all know the story with uh, Belvin Green. So he was inscribed by uh, Rabbi Moshe Fellow in, in, in Minnesota. So he was a professor, and he, um, he uh, was a big, big mind, 
And he would debate with Moshe Feller all the time about God and about evolution and this. Moshe Feller was a very tmimusdikid, not a scientist. There's a famous story that never even told by Fabrengen. He didn't say names. In the middle of one of their debates, it was time for Mincha. Shkia was coming, so Mr. Feller suddenly got up and said, you have to die. And all of Green was all upset. Because what do you mean? It was such an important conversation. And what do you just get up there? He said, there's things more important than our conversation. So he was insulted at the time. But the bottom line that I want to share is that, that, that he, he kept on arguing with him about evolution. So Mr. Feller gave him the Rebbe's letter, famous letter of the Rebbe. And uh, he read the letter, and he came back with all respect. This is a ju- for juveniles, this is for children. This letter is not for a scientist. So Mr. Fellow told him, go write to the Rebbe. You can write to the Rebbe. He says, I can write it. Yeah, write it your whole, slug it up, you know, write whatever you want to write. He wrote a long letter to the Rebbe. You, know, you ever hear the story? It's a very powerful story. He wrote a long letter to the Rebbe, and basically rebutting the whole Rebbe's argument. He didn't get an answer. A year or two passed, I think. I heard the story from him directly. Then, you know, slowly he became more closer and he became a shame in Tere Mitzvahs, and the movie later, Tere Tzisro. And I think two years later, he went to Yechis. He came to Crown Heights, maybe Chav Gimel or Chav Dalet. And, you know, he saw everybody wearing hats like this. So he, he went to really buy a hat. It was a Mayasha had a bazaar on Kingston Avenue. Famous Mayasha's Bazaar. Ever heard of it? She sold like fourth, um, not, not second hand, fourth hand. So you can imagine, he bought a hand that looked like a shmata completely. He goes into Yechidus, the Rebbe burst out laughing, and the Rebbe said, took out a yarmulke from his drawer, and he says to him, please take off that silly thing from your head. So the Rebbe told him. He gave him a yarmulke. That's the beginning of the Yechidus. At the end of the Yechidus, the Rebbe says to him, uh, by the way, the letter you wrote to me a few years ago, I want to respond now. And he said that Rebbe went to a whole elaborate discussion, beautiful, explaining, said that letter Taka was written for lay people, wasn't for scientists, but since you're asking scientific questions, and he was so impressed, later he actually got a letter from the Rebbe following up with that, with the kids in the summary what the Rebbe wrote. It's not printed, but if anybody wants, I'm happy to send it to you. In English, one page, like I saw so he says to the Rebbe, the Rebbe gave me such a brilliant answer. I'm very impressed. Why didn't you answer me two years ago? Or whatever the time was. You had an answer. I, I thought the Rebbe didn't have an answer, so you ignored me. So, you know, and yeah, for two years, I, I, I felt like you didn't answer me. So the Rebbe said to him, because I sensed from your letter that I may have won an argument, but I would have lost a husband. Yeah, I may have won an argument, I would have lost a husband. This is Kochman. This isn't just ideas I think. Someone that knows will probably right away. You have an argument, I'll give you a counter argument. That ever sensed in his letter, though maybe arrogant, didn't have enough people. You know, he would just go, you know, people like the debate. They don't like to lose their arguments, they continue to debate. That ever sensed this. It's such a lesson. Like when do you exercise restraint and when not? I'm not saying you always have to do that. But it shows you uh, uh, this is what Siddhis, besides, as I said, all the Gibbalik and Gulim, came to teach how you take Chachmas Ateda and make it a Chachmas Achayim. At the end of the day, Tedas Tedas Chaim. What is the most common expression from the Rebbe? Of all expressions, anybody can guess, the most common repeated word that ever used, more than any other word in all the Siddhis, 
Some people say I'm Iso Ike, which is also very popular, but Taylor Meloshin Hedal. It's a it's a Ladakh. It's not even a it's a Mokin in the in the Shem. My head my sound is that was that Mashko or thank you. I appreciate it, thank you. Thank you. Um, what is that? What, and I remember many times the same Fabrani that I could say it ten times. Well, we heard it already once. We have to say it again. Yeah, because it's a, it's a message that most people don't know. You can learn a Chumash, Rashi, Ramban, Ebenezer, Alazachim, and not have one lesson in your life. Just go to Moshe Yudim that way. And by the Rebbe, that was impossible. Teda came to give a Hedorah. Before you get to the Hedorah, you have to analyze and learn it from Alazachim. But always the Hedorah Bachayim. It sounds like simple, but if you think about it, it's quite revolutionary. It means Teda is not a Leiba Shamayim. If the Taylor does not address your and my personal issues, there's something fundamentally missing. That means the Abishta is here, the grace Abishta, but he can't talk about my challenges, my fears, my insecurities, and other stuff like that. So the Alta Rebbe established right away Tanya, Chela Krishna, Kutis, Kute Aces, for all advice. And there's a good daily, the reason it says Godel, as I said, my take on it is because it stems. Alter Rebbe wouldn't send you to someone who's an abstract philosopher to explain Tanya. That's not what Tanya came to do. Tanya came to be Aces Bavedis Hashem. Who do you go for that? Someone who has, who's doing a tribute. Someone who understands life. Someone who's a godl, Kavidus. And a Mechim. Someone who understands, mature, knows how to give advice, knows sometimes to be, you know, you know, all the wisdom that's necessary in communicating is not always what you know. It's how you say it. I always tell people, it's never about what you say, it's how you say it. You can say the most controversial thing. The right way, people will love it. You say uh, something else the wrong way, you'll offend everybody. And that's not manipulative, it's understanding how you apply it. So by going back to Yutas Kislev, I'm a giant, they never established that Mashpiyam. Then he explained Yud Shvat, actually interesting types in Mashpiyam, you, know, you all learn that Siddhis, the difference between Eir and Shefa, right? And everywhere you learn, you always talk about the mile of Eid and the chasan of Shefa. Eid is dovet b'moyel, me'en ha'moyel, Eid is bitl, Shefa is disconnected. That's what Shefa is. Shefa is like water from a pitcher. That's Shefa. Eid is like Eid HaShemesh. Eid himself, bitl. Here the Rebbe turned it around and said, Mashpiyah is from the word Shefa, not from the word Eid. I mean, if you look at the city, the Rebbe goes to all the looking between Eid and Shefa, and explains the mile of a mashpia. For example, a mashpia that's detached, like Eir. We know Chassidus says Eir is David Gemayer, but Eir shines everywhere equally. A garbage pile in a palace, the same Eir. A shefa does not that way. Shefa is tailored to each individual. A mashpia that is made Eir from a higher, from a pedestal, from the ivory tower, is not a mashpia. A mashpia means Efanemtzech, and he's with Pnimis, with Slapshus. To each Talmud or each Mushta and each uh, Bekabu. Then we went through a whole thing with Shefa is exactly opposite of it. So Ir has a Maila, it's Dovid Bamoyer, it's good to have a, 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 the Rebbe is a Maskir, a secretary is supposed to be like Ir, a Chayzer is supposed to be like Ir, but a Mashpi is supposed to be Karav Lamakam. That alone is already a lesson in life. And I remember in Yeshiva, and uh, again, this is a little off the record. I don't remember once. And I say this with sadness. One mashpia or one uh, rov or rosh yeshiva should ever talk to us 
I thought push is being a mensch. You know, people were bullying each other. People were angry. Everyone had their, uh, you know, human beings, kids. No one, and that, once I remember a conversation that Taylor is, expects you to be a little more refined. You know, it was always very dogmatic in the sense, do this, don't do that, you have to wear a jacket, etc., etc. It was all very, you know, technical. The only time I remember, that's how rare it was, Rabbi Ushbal. You may have heard of Rabbi Ushbal. Mm-hmm. He was on Rosh Hashiva in, in, uh, in Bedford and Dean, later in Ocean Parkway. And I remember once he gave a talk about how a bocher has to be clean. That's all he talked about, cleanliness. He says, I remember he said, the negel, you know, and I, I, it made such an impression on me. You know, he wasn't talking tifer chsidis, he wasn't tifer nigla. So I went over to him afterwards, and I said to him, why do we have to be vain? He says, what's haste? Mamlech is kain, you begay kaddish. I hit like a folk. I was like, vain. Tad and maybe they do shit. It left such an impression on me, not because what he said was so profound, because no one ever said anything close to that. It was the only time I could describe some type of mashpia almost, talking, you know, something I can relate to. And, you know, we all do. We learned the Lama Tesmalochis and then the Kedushin and, 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 you know, all the Mesechis. But there was a lot of detachment. Now, I hope things have changed, even though you read this at Davis, but I think maybe in this context, maybe things have changed. Maybe there's better, higher expectations. You'll have to tell me. You're like, you know, I'm a very different generation than you. But sometimes uh, also. I'm not sure about that. But not to talk about it for sure not. So taking this cue from the Alter Rebbe's Agdomet Tanya, the Rebbe's Sikhi Yutas Kislev, and so many other Sikhis and my modern that talk about this. And the Rebbe said, Sof Kol Sof Ton Epis Vachsidus. That meant the Rebbe felt that there's a fundamental missing piece. People are learning, Taylor, Nigla, Chsidus. But it's missing that human element that a mashpia has. So that's why it was felt that maybe we should come together and talk a little on this level. I know I gave a long hadgama here, and I didn't get, get into a shalom bias advice or other advice, but um, hopefully we'll get there as well. But I thought it's important to establish this, because this alone is not even stated enough. And I can tell you, to you maybe it's not controversial. There are mashpiyim out there that have told me they don't believe in this approach. They don't talk to us so practical. You have to teach both in Yoni Hafshata and in Mizrahi the Avid, as I said before, and in Peace Medic in the Safe. So I said, what about, one second, the end of Pedic in Bezin Tanya, the Alta Rebbe has a whole section, Beinadam Lechabere, Kina, Sina, Tina. talks about jealousy, hatred, human things. Later in Agarist Akedis, there's a whole section, a whole pet section on Kekas, anger, obviously on Atzvus, depression. Issues of Tavis. I mean, what are you talking about? The big pedagogue of the Dalit Midis, Dalit Yusayis Haroyim, talks about the uh, Gaivan, talks about Barnatema. You know, to say that Alta Rebbe was talking only about Anyoni uh, Natsilis, uh, he talks about Benod Lechavei, not just Benod Lamokim. The problem is it's never been translated into language that we can associate with. So, Chad was showing to say that it's only for them. The Rebbe said many times, Imreku, Nikemu. If you don't have an answer, it's Mikemu. It's not because it's missing in Taylor or it's missing in Chsidis. It means you didn't find an answer. And be humble. Instead of saying Chsidis is not relevant, say that I don't know which relevance. I have to go to Abdelim Shabir to find out. So that's one important thing I wanted to open with. And then I want to say one more thing about this. I was a time I was teaching in one of the Beisufkir high school, both graders. I was teaching Tanya Kabbalah. I ended up teaching a half a page in an entire year. 
But the third piece about the whole situation I felt was more effective. So we stuck, we stuck around a few lines in Tanya, but it was mostly, because I was also then a chazer and a maniach, had access to the Rebbe, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to teach Tanya a certain way, and why not, if I can get a stempel from the Rebbe, like an endorsement would be nice, right? So I wrote to the Rebbe, etc., a note, and I said, since I'm teaching Tanya, it's in English, I want to know if you can teach, the Alter Rebbe says, the whole Tanya is based on the Pasuk, so it's all based on this passage of passion itself. How do you translate the word karif? That's like the key word here. Karif. So everyone translates close to It's close to you. In the beginning of the passage it says, you may think it's a derech, it's a cheka, so no, it's korev elecha, leib shamayim me, leib derech lecheke, leib evelayam, ki korev elecha. So I asked the Rebbe, the word close, what does it mean close? You could be close to, means I'm close to Arun Kedish, that means that Tate is close to me. Can you translate korev as relevant? Relevant. And I want to know, I always touch it that way, but I never heard officially you could touch. So I wrote to the Rebbe, can you touch relevant? And the second question I asked, since the Alta Rebbe is telling us that the whole Tanya is based on this Pasuk, that means every word and every line in Tanya is coming to explain the relevance of Teda Mitzvahs and Elokos and Yiddishkeit to us. Can you say that? So the Rebbe wrote on both of them, he made a check, two checks, on the question A and question B, based, I wrote in Hebrew. You know, after I heard that, you know, and the Rebbe made a check, I remember, I remember even Rabbi Groner saying to me, wow, you know, this is like a Yusayda thing. I haven't talked about it really, but I always use relevant. Now, relevant, the closest is a whole different reality. Relevant means that why did the Altadab have to write a Tanya? Because Moshe Rabbeinu only said that it's Karabulach. He didn't say Eich. Altadab needed to write a whole Tanya, which is Tevish of Exodus, which means all of Exodus is coming to explain the relevance of Elokus, of Tevish, of Mitzvahs, of Chuba to each. Not just in one of them. So to me, it was like a gvaldik because you can now teach Tanya with that type of approach. So for me, this became something, this goes back now, I don't know, over 30 years ago when they ever wrote that, maybe more, 35 years ago. And I find that to be such a powerful directive. Because then you can ask yourself the question, every word of Chassidus you learn, even about the most hafshat dikinyan, I ask you, you learn about Eir Yisof Lifnei Atzimzu. So Eir HaKol B'morech. Can you tell me how that's Karev Elecha B'ficha U'mavavcha L'Aseisei? Most of us will have no clue. I have no clue. It's a nice idea. It explains Agdus Hashem. It explains maybe the answers questions of how Elokus doesn't have any Hashem Lishanisi. In all the beauty of Chassidus gets, What's the karav elacha? But when you know that every word is karav, then it's a whole different thing. Then you, you're compelled to ask that question. So what do I conclude from all of this that I want to share is that chsidis, every word, word, word came to teach us karav elacha. In Nigla, you learn the technical. What Eivishta wants of us. The mechanics. But you don't learn the karav elacha necessarily. The karav elacha makes it personal takes the amuna and puts in the premius and addresses the real issues of our lives. 
So what we'd like to do, I'd like to do with your, obviously, your blessing and permission and the cooperation, we want to do this now maybe once a week. Again, if, if this is the goal here is that this is a two-way street here. And time to do exactly that. Take an issue that you guys are dealing with, maybe something that is perfectly in place, but you know, good is good is best and is best. And there's always challenges as well. Everybody has challenges. If you're newlyweds, maybe now you're in the honeymoon stage, everything is uh, beautiful. But life has its ups and downs. And I'm not suggesting that we have to always look for the negatives. But maybe we can do a little of that. Try to uh, maybe do something that was not done in the yeshiva properly. And if it was done, as I said, it could only be better. And try to take a few uh, real-time issues that, that, you know, that you're dealing with. I'm not talking now you're, you're your age, you're young, you're caring, you like, just what got married. I mean, some of you do have children, no? Is anyone with children? Nobody? Not everyone. Oh, okay, fine. So everybody here is married within the past year, just to get a sense. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Okay. So you're, you're like a senior member. So you're all married within the last year, basically? Yeah. Okay, excellent. So I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you like, you know, we talk about things. And I mean, my, I would be honored if you also asked questions and challenged me and maybe brought something to the table. I know it's not always easy to do. You know, in, the, in Chabad, we don't like group therapy. Um, but I don't see this as group therapy. But if there's something you want me to address and you don't want to say it in public, no problem, you can write me even anonymously. I don't need to know your name. I'm just trying to open it up. If you want to bring it up in our conversations here, perfectly fine. It's up to you. I think, you know, time will feel more confident. But I'm not here to expose anything. I'm not here to, uh, to, to assault your psyches, as they say. But uh, we all have things. And I think that this would be Mekayim in the most beautiful way, without the Rebbe says Tanya, and without the Rebbe's wanted from us with Mashpiyam. And I don't just mean with myself here, I'm talking about for you, because at the end of the day, you're being trained here. You know, this is part of a training ground to be Rabbonim, to be Pepposkin, to be maybe the Hedah. But I can tell you that you need equally, maybe even more, the Chochmas HaChayim. So the training is also to include how to apply it. You know, one day, you know, you have maybe a couple come to you as a Rav or as a Mashpia or as a Shliach, whatever your role will be, or Rosh Hashiva. And sometimes you'll see that the halacha will tell you the facts, but the question is how to say and what to say. Now I'm going to give one example. I don't know what we have the time right now. Did we make a, is there a time frame here? When are your wives expecting you? Let's put it this way, for dinner. Huh? Okay. <laughs> We'll go, maybe I'll go to 6.30, makes sense? Yeah. Everybody yeah. fine with that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't want to tax your patience either. Dinner, what you're looking forward to. Um, so I'll give you one example. One example with uh, a Shalom bias issue, which is which it's a pretty good, actually a very extreme example. It happened with me, there was a, he's already all of Shalom, the Shliach in Santa Monica, his name was Rabbi Levitansky. You heard of him, right? What was this for? Avram Talbotansky. A very, uh, very Yerushamayim, dedicated, but he was also a Rav. So we were dealing with a couple that we both knew. The couple were getting married there, and he was going to be Messiah Kedushin. He had his Tanoim. His Tanoim was that you have to go to the Mikveh. He was very strict with his things. He was very kind, but he had it very firm. He didn't cut, cut corners. It was a real, a real thing. And I used to talk to him a lot because he had also a Ross from Zalma Shimon, the, the Rav who heard things from the left. This is the one I want to share with you. 
So he told me, um, like I said, there was a couple that came to see him. They also knew me. They were married already a few years. They were both through. They had become Shema Terimitzvahs. And then, and it, his wife, the guy tells Rabbi Levitansky, my wife doesn't want to go to the mikvah. Whatever the reason is. So there's halachas about this. You probably know the halachas. So Rabbi Levitansky tells him, I don't hear your question. So he says, what do you mean? And he repeats it. And he yells louder. He thought maybe he's deaf. So he says, my wife doesn't want to go to the mikvah. What should I do? You know, we're committed to it. She committed. You know, I want to know you're a rough. I don't hear your question, Levitansky said. Rabbi Levitansky said. So the guy repeats it. Rabbi Levitansky said, listen to me. I hear your question with my ears. This is not a question you should be asking. It's a question you should work out with your wife at home. You shouldn't be asking me as a rough this question. Now, interesting. I told you, he's not a guy that was like, looked to... Who's afraid of confrontation or afraid to tell somebody something they can't hear? Are you supposed to divorce your wife? You know, going to the letter of the law, whatever it may be. So I heard, so the guy called me. He says, What's the point with this rabbi? Won't answer my question. He's telling me he doesn't hear this question. I should go talk to my wife. My, my problem is with my wife. So I, I heard, I heard that, you know, I knew that Devontaski didn't just say that, Stamaze. So I called him up. I said, I'll get back to you. I told this guy. I called Rabbi Devontaski. Yeah. I said, you know, I understand what you're saying, but what, why, why, why Taker, won't you tell him? I was well, just curious. He said, I heard from Rabzal Mashim and Varkin years ago that Zachar ben Ish be Isha, even if there's halachas about it, let them work it out because it's not just mikveh. Who knows? They maybe have other issues. Maybe she's angry at him. Maybe he did something. Who knows? He's only telling you what he wants to tell you. You want to bring them both to Adin Tera? You're going to leave it to a, a get? That where we're going. Maybe let them work it out. They're adults, let them work it out. So I said, Zalman Shimon told that to you? He said, yeah, Zalman Shimon told me that ever told it to him. And nicht als darf empfen. Now, interesting, right? Many people would say this sounds very like, a, it's almost like a mako. But it's not a mako. Why? Because when you know Taylor, you know that Kola Taylor, Nitin, Elas, Sholem, Be'elum, Al-Tareb, Raman, Paspens, and the end of Hilchus Hanukkah, that the Ibishta says, Yimcha, Shmi, in order to preserve Sholem Bites, you know, the Din. Where the, the, the halacha is, if you only have money for, for Hanukkah licht or Shabbos licht, which one do you light? So do you think, you think uh, Hanukkah licht? Because the Tadir, Hanukkah is only once a year, and uh, many different reasons you can explain. No, it says because Hanukkah is presumed in Lisa, which is beautiful, but Shabbos, Neir Shabbos is Shalom Bayez, and Shalom Bayez trumps everything. No pun intended. I didn't mean to use that word. You know, I don't know if you look. Trump lovers or haters. So that was not. Basically, Shalom Bayes overrides everything. And then at the Alp Kach, that in Hilcha Seitech, the Alp Kadekach says, they used to have to put, you have to put a shame of fetish on the tongue of the, of the Seitech. But you can't find another way to prove that she's uh, innocent. Because they used to want to show. Then I went and I looked up and I found a letter from the Rebbe. I don't think it's printed in Negro's cages because it's a sensitive letter. And the Rebbe is advising a couple, and the Rebbe says almost the same thing. The ranks of the Rebbe, that one of them is more frum, the other one's less frum. And the Rebbe writes, look in Hilchus Chanukah, Sof Hilchus Chanukah, In other words, not to say, you're allowed to do an Yisr, but you have to be sensitive, you're dealing with Shalom Bayez, and you're gonna, you know, it's like, you're going to take a detail. Shalom Bayez, and especially if there's children, I don't know in this case there were children, but it doesn't matter. You have, to, you have to balance it out. You can't just... Now, either Halacha says a mikveh, 
about a woman, you know, there's context to that halacha. It's not just a black and white halacha. You have to know why and what, the, what circumstances. If you look at the whole picture and a rav looks at it, it's one thing. Here's a perfect example. I'm not saying it's relevant per se to anybody here, but it just shows you how shalom bias, when you look at it that way, you start saying, hey, nechanami, you know what? So if it comes down to shalom bias, or you're going to go to shul, uh, and, and, and for whatever reason, your wife or your children want you at home, and you need to go to shul, is shul more important than shalom bias? I remember I once met a guy in 770. It was a guy who was dealing with shalom bias issues. And um, he used to come to talk to me. It's, it's might of time, it's like, uh, like 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, and a great second seven seven. So I said, what are you doing here? It's like bedtime for children. So he said to me, his mashpia told him that when the children are being put to sleep, he should go out of the house and go to 770 and go to Ashir. So he shouldn't get in his wife's way. This is advice from a mashpia because he's a pain to her. So get out of the way. Don't be there when the children are being put to sleep. Instead, he's hanging around like a single bach in the 770s and then with a bunch of uh, losers, you know, you get the idea. So I said to him, what? Who told you such a thing? The time when your children are being put to bed, you're here? You got to go home right away. What, 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 what kind of knowledge kind is this? And, and again, I, I, I know this is not applicable, but I just want to give examples that just come to mind. When you don't have seichel, you don't have a certain hergish uh, or tater, it's like completely, I mentioned maneuver versus a tater. You know, you're completely off. You're going by the letter of the law. You're, you're missing the whole boat, boat, the whole spirit of it. Now, I, I'm sure, you know, I don't know you got it, but I'm sure you have common sense to some extent. Would you all agree with that? Maybe not, I don't know. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, women and men are very different. The Chal, they used to bless women with more uh, certain chayis uh, regesh, it's called intuition. And um, men may be more cerebral, more brainy, and the Latafka is smarter, but they think they're smarter. So I think it's vital to know how to balance all these issues. So again, my goal is not to talk only about problems. Problems should also be addressed. My goal is really how to have a deeper understanding of what it means to be Aida, Hasid, what it means to what marriage means, what, what a wife, and so on. There are many things that, you know, even in Siddishkeit, like it says, clearly, the household there. Why not? Two people love each other. Why can't they just be home? If you were able, let's say someone supported you. Is there anything wrong with being home? Already? You know, there's reasons for it. It's not, it's not based on because it's not good to be near your wife. It means because they have that balance in life. So there's a lot of issues that can be addressed. Obviously, because of time, I'm not going to go into them right now. I wanted to really give more of an overview. But I wanted to leave the last few minutes, if anybody wants to say anything or comment. You know, as I said, I'm, I'm playing it more by ear. Because my goal is that I didn't come with the script. I don't have, I'm not reading from anything. I'm trying to talk to you, and anything I could be of help, this is what the Masmashlich is behind to some extent. So my goal is really to engage with you in some way that could be helpful. If it's not helpful, I won't be insulted or embarrassed, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. So if anybody wants to comment or say something, that would be nice. If not, it's also fine, you know, you may be shy guys. And, uh, and I, you know, we hope to, like I said, to do this, I mean, the goal right now is maybe every Tuesday this time, unless you feel there's a better way to do it. You know, it's optional, obviously, after the Seder. First, they wanted to do it in the house. I suggested let's keep it here more because, you know, in the house, there's people who want to talk more, uh, a little more privacy. But if anybody has thoughts or anything, you know, this is, uh, in a way, a interactive discussion. So if anybody wants to say anything, please. If not, I'll just say some concluding uh, remarks.
to say quickly, I, I appreciate it, and uh, I definitely would like it to continue. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Not so me. Me too. <laughs> no, listen, we'll see, we'll see from the attendance. If you don't like it, um, again, I, I'm here for you. And uh, I'm also open if anybody wants to speak to me privately, wants to call me and want to talk about something. Again, I don't need to know your name. Um, I'm happy to give you my cell number if you want that. Because I understand there's some things I'm not going to be able to talk about here. But if there's anything like that, please know you have someone that, that uh, will try. I cannot promise I have answers for everything, but I definitely can promise I will try. And, uh, and to me, everything comes from the Taylor Exodus and the Rebbe Rabbein. You know, I don't believe in, uh, yes, I've read plenty of psychology, but I read it really just to see, you know, but I, I find that Exodus psychology is better than anything out there. What we don't have is trained Exodus uh, therapists. That we don't have. And maybe that'll be part of what happens if you'll all be, I don't mean necessarily the therapist, you'll see. I'm telling you, I deal with shluchim all the time. Many shluchim tell me they don't know how to address issues in their community. People come to them with shalom issues or with children. They know Taylor, they know chsudas, but they don't know how to apply it. So my goal here is that you become true mashpiyim, g'deilim shabir. That's the objective. You'll become the g'deilim shabir, and you'll see it, it, it can have tremendous impact in your life. Says, That's why we're here. You know, I'll just close with that as a story. You may have heard the story. Um, uh, the story is about there was a shliach who sent a guy who needed advice from the Rebbe. And, uh, but there was no Yechidus anymore. It was like in the Mems. So the shliach told him the Rebbe goes out from Mincha. And upstairs in 770, stand by like by the door to the Natachim, the Rebbe walks by, and just you know, lean over and you'll ask the Rebbe what you want. Uh, but the Bochim got a wind of it, so they surrounded him and they made sure he didn't get to the Rebbe. Okay, Shliach tells him, okay, plan B, go to the Rebbe's house and stand in the story. No? Sounds. It's very interesting. You stand by outside in President Street, but the Rebbe comes down the steps like 10 o'clock in the morning, days of Kriya or later or something. As he's walking to the car, there's no one there. Bochim won't be there, you'll be able to. I mean, it was a chutzpah, probably a chutzpah, shouldn't have done it, but he did. And he spoke to the Rebbe about nine minutes, I think, if I recall the story correctly. The Rebbe spoke. And the Bochim, they were Bochim, but they weren't standing right nearby, they were a little farther. So when the Rebbe got into the car, the Bochim yelled at him. Without an appointment, taking the Rebbe's time. You know, you know how Bochum could be. Um, anyway, he was so insulted, so embarrassed that he decided to write a letter to the Rebbe. And he apologized. He said, You know, I didn't realize. And I, the Bochum reminded me that I shouldn't have taken your time. And I apologized for taking the Rebbe's time, valuable time. Anyway, the Rebbe responds, not to him. The Rebbe writes, I'm not to die in and they should find which Bochim were there on President Street. Yeah? And tell the Bochim, Aleph Beis, that there were two things. One, what are they doing 10 o'clock on President Street when there's middle of the Kimidumani, there's Manat Philip. So what are they doing on President Street? Beis, Haloye Duolahem, Pisgim Abal Shemtev, that Nishama Kum Tarop Lamata, Zibetzik Achzikyar, Tzatana Teva Eden, Ulai, Lazay Yarden Nishmosi, Lazer the Yehudizer. Lama Humavalbu, something like say the Shtaustus or something like that. You hear this? The Rebbe is saying, 
that maybe this is why I sent out to do a favor for a Jew. You're being involved in mixing yourself into this. I mean, the Rebbe saying that is pretty strong. I heard the story from reliable sources. So that is ultimately our shlichus. It's not just to take care of ourselves. The Alter Rebbe says it in the Lush Nachid. Look at the, the end of our domit. Very powerful. It's really the assad of shlichus, of the swallow of being mashpia, being helping others, that ultimately gives you the biggest grochus. So the real goal is really that, is that you should be empowered as much as possible with Tedach, Siddis, and Adrocha, that you can really give people aces. Obviously, if you yourself process it that way, it will help you reach and access other people. So with that, uh, we should be zeicher finally, to, um, even before we go through all of this, tell the world that's all the others there, Hashem Kamayim, Neyam Hasim. Yifutzah Manasecha Chutzah is not just Chutzah, the darkest part of the world, it's also Chutzah Shebenafshi, every person bringing Chassidus into their nefesh, even the so-called darker corners or the outer corners of the nefesh. And uh, it's good to meet you all. If anybody wants my number, I can give you. And uh, maybe that alone, you don't even want to say you want to. But I'll give it to you.